Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. Spring is here, folks, and love is in the air. That's why we're revisiting Love Stories on Film, one of our most popular episodes from a few years ago. This entertaining discussion features author Kimberly Potts and film critic Diana Sanger sharing their picks concerning the best and worst screen love stories. And co-host Jazz Shaw, producer Nikki Starr, and yours truly also join in. Kimberly is the author of the George Clooney biography and Everything I Need to Know I Learned from a Chick Flick. Diana is the founder and editor of both Classic Movie Guide and Review Express. She's also the author of an award-winning romantic novella called Deadline Romance. Now, although you'll hear me mention a giveaway for Kimberly's book, we already did that. She was so so generous to donate books to give away then. But today, instead, we'll be giving away the e-book version of It Had to Be Us, an award-winning romantic memoir which is now in the early stages of film adaptation. Most of you already know this is the little book my husband and I co-wrote under the pen names of Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence. But if you would like to enter the drawing for It Had to Be Us, just send an email to realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K at comcast.net. Put book drawing in the subject area, and be sure to send the email before the deadline of May 31st. And now, folks, on with the show. Nikki, is our chat room open? Yes, ma'am, it is, and we are ready to go. All right. Thanks so much, Nikki, and thanks to the people in the chat for their participation. And, of course, I'm also grateful to have such a helpful co-host, Jazz. Do you feel intimidated by being our only male panelist today? I feel intimidated all the time, usually whenever Nikki's around because she threatens me a lot. But she's, she's very efficient, a great producer, and she takes great care of the chat. Yes, she does, and besides all of her many, many tasks in connection with Blog Talk Radio. But I didn't think you would be, you know, very intimidated with today's show. I was more show. intimidated by the subject matter, actually, because when I found out we were doing this show, uh, the first thing, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm one of those stereotypical guys, and I heard great love stories, and I thought, oh, my God, chick flicks. I probably don't like any of them. And then when I was preparing, I realized, you know, maybe not the modern ones, but there's a whole bunch of love stories that are on my top list of films, and I hadn't thought about it that way, so it's going to be very informative for me. 
Well, I think it is, and it's going to be a lot of fun for all of us. So let's say hello to our guests right now. Of course, you know that Diana is a very popular, regular guest on our show. And this is Kimberly's second time here. Remember, she did such a great job last year when we were discussing her wonderful George Clooney biography. So welcome back to Movie Attic Headquarters, Kimberly. And she was fabulous. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. It's good to be back and chatting with you today. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again, and it's always fun to hear from Diana. How are you this afternoon, Diana? I'm doing great, and it's a delight to be on your show again, Betty. Well, we always love having you on the show, and I I know you're a very busy lady with all of the things you're doing also, so we're glad you were able to take time out to be with us today. But I'd like to start out by asking Kimberly to tell us something about her book that she's so generously giving away today, and maybe to explain uh, what the difference is between a love story and a a chick flick. So, Kimberly, you're on. Thanks so much. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think, uh, you know, when I did the book, um, which I wrote because this has just always been my favorite genre of movie, um, and I did kind of separate the movies out into different kinds of chick flick, and, and it's I think it's interesting that you asked that question about what is the difference between a love story and a chick flick because, you know, I think most people would assume that they're the same thing, but it's just it's just not true anymore. Um, I think especially with modern chick flicks, they're not always focused around a romance. Um, the best example I can think of just recently is uh, The Devil Wears Prada. It's not really, you know, there's romance in it, but it's not really revolving around the romance it's about her career and right and uh developing that and and this relationship she has with the Meryl Streep character and uh, the Anne Hathaway character and the Meryl Streep character and um even kind of flipping uh, the reverse side of that I think if you think of a movie like Jerry Maguire um you wouldn't think of that as being a chick flick but it certainly is there's a great love story in it so um yeah they're just chick flicks today don't necessarily revolve around love stories they're not necessarily romantic uh, movies right. or romantic comedies, I, I see. So, Well, that, that uh, helps a lot. Now, what about your book? What, uh, what's, uh, did you have fun writing your book? Uh, what's it about? I mean, other than chick flicks, and, and what were the things that you needed to know? <laughs> well, kind of the idea of it was that, um, you know, we, we all watch these chick flicks and dozens of them, and, and that was actually the most fun part of writing the book was, having an excuse to go back and rent these movies and buy some of my favorites. Um, but that it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, but not totally, that, you know, a lot of these movies, the reason I think that they connect so much uh, with people and that people do watch them over and over again is because you do kind of pick little little life lessons out of some of them. And that was kind of the idea behind the book, not just to write about my favorite chick flicks, but why they're my favorite, why they resonate with so many people, um, you know, I, an example I think is Pretty Woman. So many people love that movie, and if you just said to someone, "Well, it's a Disney movie about a prostitute," they're you know that doesn't sound like it's going to be really <laughs> one of the greatest love stories of chick flicks of all time. <laughs> it really it is, and and most people love that movie, especially people who love chick flicks. I think that's on a lot of people's you know top ten list of chick flicks. So I just never heard it described that way before. Thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good description. Well, I I can't wait to get a copy of your book, <laughs> Kimberly, because I I just think the that's one of my favorite 
book titles I think that I've ever seen. <laughs> Everything I need to know I learned from a chick flick, and we we certainly want to thank you for donating five copies so that we could uh, give them to wait, away to some lucky listeners today. Well, are we? Go ahead. Did I? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, no. That's um, so. Again, that was kind of the idea of the book. Um, a to give me an excuse to watch all those movies again, and um, just to kind of pull out the little the little nuggets in each of them. And you know, I always think that even the worst movie, um, which I didn't include in the book, they're definitely all movies that I love. But I think even the worst movie has some usually has some little redeemable thing about it. There's a great quote, or maybe there's a great performance, or just it was so bad that it was fun to talk about how bad it was afterwards. Um, so, you know, I think with movies, that, again, that people really love, there's always a, a reason behind it. There's something that they really got from it and um, or just that it, you know, it just makes them happy. It puts them in a good mood to watch these movies or they kind of relate it to something in their life and it makes it uh, makes a little more sense to them. So that was kind of the idea behind the book. You were mentioning the recent films coming out and for a moment I had this terrible fear that you were going to list uh, – He's just not that into you because I'll be totally honest. I, I watched the previews for that coming out on television, and my first response was I began thinking of a list of chronic diseases that I might be able to fake in case my wife asked me to go see it. <laughs> well, we are going to talk about upcoming uh, <laughs> movies, and I think that would just uh, started on on Friday. So we, I guess we can't think that that's coming. So you're going to be saved from that one today, Jazz. <laughs> Maybe maybe sometime in the future, but well, what we wanted to concentrate on, I guess, today it would be the the love stories, which some of them might be chick flicks, and some of them are just strictly love stories, or they might be adventure stories with uh, a love story connected to it. And so I'm just very eager now to see if we can agree on say, the top five greatest movie love stories. And I'll ask each of you for your picks. I'm going to try to keep score to see how many votes each film gets. Um, that's kind of hard for me, so bear bear with me. And Diana, why don't you go first? What are your top five uh, great? Well, first of all, films? Betty, you know film critics never agree on anything, so this will be interesting. <laughs> I think so. Yes, I can hardly wait. <laughs> um, my top five include Gone with the Wind, ah. Ghost, mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Right. It's a Wonderful Life, which is, you know, everyone thinks it's a Christmas story, but it's it's a very passionate love story. And Kimberly, Pretty Woman is my fourth pick. All right. <laughs> and Last of the Mohicans is number five. Well, Last of the Mohicans. Uh, yes. That's People how... don't think of that as, as a romance, you know, but I like when you can have a I like when you can have a movie that has other other genres because you know this is something you could take a man to and everybody would enjoy it. But there's that that underlying romance between Daniel Day Lewis and uh, Cora, who's played by Madeline Stowe, that just man when it when it zings with the chemistry, just goes right to your heart. I remember that, and but the main thing I remember about uh, Last of the Mohicans is that the performance that Daniel Day-Lewis gave in that film is probably one of the greatest physical performances that I've ever seen on film. I mean, running through the forest, <laughs> I mean, he just, that was a, that's a great selection of movies that you have here, but I, I haven't thought of uh, It's a Wonderful Life as a love story. Well, you know, everything that George Bailey does is fueled on the love of his family. And and his wife Mary, you know, and and he's so confounded with with his challenges that he 
has to, you know, he, he, and in that one scene where he holds her and he's actually screaming at her that he doesn't love her, you know, and then all of a sudden he, they look at each other's eyes and she's like, well, what's going on with this? And then he just kisses her and, and it's, it's there. Well, maybe if I thought of it as a love story, uh, I might have liked it liked it better. That that's the only one that I would find a, a problem with on that list. And no surprises with Gone with the Wind or Ghost. Those uh, certainly have wonderful love love stories in them. But what about you, um, Kim? Do you? Um, my top, well, my number four is also Pretty Woman. So um, we we definitely agree there. Um, the rest of uh, my list is When Harry Met Sally. Ah. Uh. Say Anything, John Cusack movie, um, The Wedding Singer, and Moonstruck. Moonstruck. I hadn't I hadn't thought about Moonstruck. I haven't seen it for so long, but that was a, a great uh, love story. It's Refresh such- our memory again on um, Say Anything. Say Anything is the John Cusack, Ione Sky movie. The We all know that image of him holding the boom box above his head and playing the Peter Gabriel song to kind of woo her back um you know they're kind of both geeks in their own she's the smart geek and he's kind of the regular garden variety geek and and um they but they're both kind of outcasts in their own way and and it's just a great geek love story now i remember it yes i i did enjoy that one uh very much and i had the pleasure of watching the wedding singer uh a couple of nights ago it was shown on tv and i had forgotten what a great love story that was, and how great uh, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler were together in that in that film. Uh, no wonder you have that. On, they have on great chemistry. They really do. And when Harry met Sally, no surprise there, because that's just a, a gem of a love story and a very special special movie, I think. So mm-hmm. I like your selections very much. Now, how about you, Jazz? Well, listening to the uh, the list from our esteemed guests, I first will say, God, I'm feeling terribly old today. <laughs> uh, and it never would have crossed my mind to put Pretty Woman on there because it was a story about a hooker. But um, Well, hookers need love, too. <laughs> I, I, I guess so. Uh, my list obviously went in a slightly different direction. I only have one very modern film, and it's going to be one of my oddball picks. But at number five, I had uh, Sweet November. Uh, not the new atrocity that, uh, that that was brought out, but the original with Sandy Dennis and Anthony Newley, uh, which was a wonderful love story. Uh, was that a four, remake? Was was the uh, the later film a remake of of the Anthony Newley Sandy Dennis? That was my understanding, and the the reviews were just so uh, patently atrocious uh, from you know people that saw screenings that I lost interest in it immediately. But the original was great. Was that the one with Keanu Reeves? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so remake. Remake was mm-hmm. with uh, yeah, Charlie. Yeah, but, but the original was fantastic. At number four, um, one of my favorite independent films of all time, and the only newer film that I have uh, is Kissing Jessica Stein, with uh, Heather Jurgensen and Jennifer Westfeld, who wrote, directed, and starred in the film. It's it's a very offbeat love story because it's a tangled, uh, triangular sort of love story between two women who are disgusted with men and decide they're they're going to date and fall in love with a woman, but it, well, I, I won't spoil it for anybody. It's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. If you haven't seen it, give Kissing Jessica Stein a chance. It's it's a fantastic film and a great love story. Uh, number three, I had Roman Holiday with Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. 
Which is one of the great unrequited love stories because of the ending. You know, they they can't really be together because she's a princess and and he's a reporter in Rome. But the the sacrifices that they make for each other at the end of the film, I mean, it's, it's a classic love story. It really is. It is. It's a great film. At number two, and, and I had my wife helping me out with this one, was uh, Paris When It Sizzles, uh, also with Audrey Hepburn, but with William Holden. Oh, that was that one had the great Noel Coward in it. Yes, it did. Very good. Oh, I I remember it, and I think even Marlena Dietrich was in that movie. I would have to check. I, I don't have it up in front of me, but I, I think you could be right. And but definitely no coward, yes. And it was about a screenwriter and how how uh, this secretary helped him act out some of the parts in the in the scripts he were was writing. Going through the little fantasy sequences and then it sort of melds into the reality of the love story that they actually have. Yeah, it was, you know, tremendous. And number one on my list, uh, really no surprise, I, I think, for people that are more into the classic films, I think the greatest love story ever told was Casablanca. Um, we are not I, I, I love Bogey and Bacall, but this is one of the films that Bogey did with uh, Ingrid Bergman. And, I mean, just the sacrifice that went on there, the love they had for each other, telling the story back during the war years when they were separated, and what he had to do at the end to give her the life she needed, where they clearly were so in love with each other and risking life and limb. I mean, I think Casablanca was probably the greatest love story there ever was doesn't get much better than that, uh, and uh, we like to tease you about putting that number one in all your uh, various genre categories. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but there's so many genres that it applies to, and I'm, I'm unapologetic. I, I really think Casablanca was probably the best movie ever made. Well, it certainly was at the top uh, of, of films ever made. I would agree on that. Now, um, very interesting selections, uh, Jazz. And Nikki, how about you? What are what are your top five love stories? Hi. Well, you know, I totally disagree with Jazz about Casablanca and y'all. It's just not one of my favorite movies ever, so... Yeah, well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> I know. I will say I'm not. I will go right up there, but I do have my list, so I'll start... From five, from the fifth one up, okay? So there's a tie for City of Angels and The Notebook for number five. Oh. And then number four, Always. Now, is Always the uh, the film with Richard Dreyfuss? Richard and, Dreyfuss uh, and, and Holly Hunter. Hunter. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of supernatural kind of? Well, like he's a, yeah, he's a pilot, and it's just a neat love story that transcends time. Right. Well said. <laughs> It does. And then number three, an officer and a gentleman. Over oh, um, two, yes, 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 very romantic. And then, shh, Jazz, don't even say a word about number two because I almost made it number one. Okay, the Princess Bride. Yes, it is a love story. <laughs> it is. You know, I love that movie, Nikki, but I am okay. so going to kick your butt when I see you. <laughs> I love it. Such a great I love movie. the phrase, as you wish. I mean, we as use that, that around here a lot, as you wish. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, number one, and it's very cliche, and I'm sorry if you all don't agree, but Titanic. It is just, ugh. Well, how can we have a, a show about great love stories on film and not include Titanic? And I, I'm saying that in case any of the, women, uh, the other women in my family are listening, because I definitely was on their uh, naughty list when um, I was one of the few critics that did not like Titanic, and most of the other women in my 
family <laughs> shunned me. So I, I know have, Betty Joe's trying to keep score. Do we have any repeats so far? Well, we have pretty. We I know, have, right? We have pretty women, so so well. Nikki, I don't those, have those are great choices too. No, and, don't ask right. me. I almost put Rocky on my list. So. Well, well, you should have. What a great love story. I thought it was. I thought Rocky was a fabulous love story, but it, it, it was going to be at number five if I if I didn't pick Sweet November. It was kind of a well. We'll give it a tie. There. We'll give it a tie place with Sweet November. Okay. 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 Well, and, Titanic and Officer and a Gentleman are in my top ten. Well, see, does that help, Nikki? All right. <laughs> well, here are mine, and um, I I have to go with um, an affair to remember. As number five, it's hard to rank them, you know, one, two, three, four, five, because I, I really like all of these about equally, but I'll just go in the way I listed them here. And A Fair to Remember, and that was uh, the movie that was made back in 1957 with Cary Grant and Deborah Carr. And they what a great were, film. They just captivated me. I know it was a sentimental movie, but it was just so intriguing to watch them fall in love and then miss connections. In fact, I think this story's been filmed three times, uh, and it was even referenced in Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, but it just, uh, I think I've watched, every time I see it <laughs> listed in the TV guide. Cary Grant is so often overlooked for the really great romantic and dramatic roles, and he was fantastic. He was. They, they were both just great in that. My fourth one has already been mentioned. It's Kim's number one movie, I believe, When Harry Met Sally, and... I just think this is the greatest movie ever made about how friendship can bloom into long-lasting love, and that's another one that that you can just watch over and over again. I love that movie, but again, I didn't see it as as a, a romance movie, as a love story. I just thought it was more of a slapstick comedy. But, well, it had sorry. it had that aspect of it too, but uh, but love was at the at the center. And my number three film is one. That's uh, an unusual pick, I think, but uh, I have to I have to include it because it's such an artistic masterpiece. It's The Fountain, and it co-starred Hugh Jackman and uh, Rachel Weisz as characters representing eternal love and the struggle between death and immortality. So, you know, it's a very deep film. It had elements of mysticism and symbolism and spirituality. So a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was just totally hypnotic and almost painfully beautiful and uh i think one of one of the best love stories of all time and then my number two and then of course it had hugh jackman in it so be still my heart <laughs> had to put a hugh jackman movie in on my list and my number two was tristan and Isolde, and this one is a love story for the ages it's based on a celtic myth about a uh, it's a tragic love story uh between a courageous english knight and a beautiful Irish princess. But there's enough battles in this, besides the chemistry that's so great between James Franco and Sophia Miles, there's enough uh, battles to please action fans, as well as gorgeous cinematography to impress everyone. Um, I, I just think it's a very, very underrated movie. And my number one uh, greatest love story on film Probably won't be picked by anyone else, but it's Return to Me. It's a perfect Valentine movie. It co-stars David Duchovny and Minnie Driver, and it's about um, Minnie Driver's character receiving David Duchovny's dead wife's heart. Now, doesn't that sound like a downer? 
but they mm-hmm. do, but it is not it's not a downer at all it has you do cry but you laugh most of the time and it's a joy to watch it's very touching funny and very romantic so uh it's as i say it's a perfect movie for valentine's day because it is about uh, a heart that's transplanted from one person to another and and uh results in great happiness for uh for the for the couple involved so let's see what do we have here any oh my goodness we only have two films that appear on more than one list pretty women and when harry met sally so this just goes to show you that uh, there's a lot of differences in what people think are the are the greatest love stories. I ever. told you that. <laughs> you did. You have I own a copy of Pretty Woman. And don't get me wrong, I'm not one of those typical guys, oh, pretty, I wouldn't watch that. I think it was a great film. It was a dramatic film and a comedy. I think it was kind of a dramedy. Uh, I, I love the supporting actors in it. I, I just didn't get the whole love story aspect. I, I realized she was in love with him. He was kind of in love with her. They were from two different societies and things. But come on, people, she was a hooker. <laughs> well, as a human being, too. things can happen to bad people. That's wonderful. Right. And, Nikki, I wonder um, if there are any uh, films that are being mentioned in the chat that, uh, yes, that we should yes, include. Yes, yes, there actually are. Okay. I can, I'm going to scroll up as much as I can, but um, George says The Pajama Game. Oh, a musical. Uh, yes, yep. Yay. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Of course. French Kiss. With with uh, Kevin Klein. Oh, that was so uh-huh. good. Ghost. We have Ghost. Okay. Uh huh. Love Actually. Oh, wonderful. Oh, great one. True. Yep. Truly, madly, deeply. And Faust had put that in, but she said she cried so hard she could never watch it again. Yes, it was. It it had that effect on me too. Okay. Two for the road. Yeah, that was the uh, Albert uh-huh. Finney. Okay. That was a good one. Yeah. Right. Somewhere in Time with Christopher oh. Reeve. I love that movie. Um, Beautiful. That one gets me crying, too. Yeah. Um, let me see. Let's see. We already got a fair to remember. Did we get that one? Right. That was um, one of mine. All right. That's good. Wow. And then, of course, The Notebook, which I had on my fifth. But you know what I think is so interesting? And this is definite, this definitely goes back to human nature. Okay. And then I know, of course, Kimberly and Diana will agree with me that when you, you can choose an action movie, like when we choose action movies, all three of us or four of us might have two or three of the same. But when it comes to love stories, they're so personal. I just find it quite interesting that we didn't hardly repeat anything. Nikki's absolutely right. And you mentioned action stories, Nikki, and it is interesting to me that I found myself veering away from action movies because you immediately think, oh, well, that can't be a love story. When I stop and think, there's a number of action movies that are my favorites that I have actually cried at the end of because there were big love stories interwoven in there. One of my favorite films is Deep Impact. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a science fiction movie. It's it's a action movie. You know, there's explosions and all that. But there's these two intertwining love stories in it. And, you know, but it doesn't really qualify as a love story movie because it's so sci-fi. Yes, and I, I, I love two lives. Right. Lies, I think. Oh, another good one. Excellent choice, Nick. Yeah. Nikki, I, I love what you said about how personal the, the love stories are to us, and and I uh, want to thank the the chat for for their great uh, contributions I, to, 
no, these these are wonderful yeah. movies. I have two more. Out of oh. Africa. Oh yeah. Out of Africa from Meryl the Street. and Bridges of Madison County. Another Meryl Streep, okay. Yeah. We yeah. there are so many. Oh. So many I know, right? That is and that reminded me that I wanted to include African Queen, but I was already kind of stretching oh. the limit with bogey. And so. that was the next one. That's the next one. My my Marla is telling us and that was her third one. Yep. African Queen. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I I'm gonna be watching um movies all the rest of the month here that are better love stories, I think, after all of these have been brought to my attention. I just love all the lists. And so Everybody go back and watch Roman Holiday again, though. It was just on TV on AMC the other night, and I got it. If you've never taken the chance to enjoy that, such a wonderful film. Oh, yes. I, I try to watch that, too, every time it shows. Well, let's move on to um, favorite romantic couples on screen. I think that that's, that's a natural place to go when we're talking about love stories on film. Kimberly, who do you think are the best romantic couples on film? I think I have to go with Tom Hanks and um, Meg Ryan. I just uh, I think, Meg, for me, Meg Ryan is kind of the all-time queen of the chick flick love story. Um, she has that kind of, I think it's, it's much tougher to be a, a chick flick leading woman than it is to, to be the leading man, just because I think that they have to, to be successful, kind of pull off a, a vulnerability that, um, you know, not the damsel in distress, but, but there's still that vulnerability that's really hard to get across without doing that. And she just has done it in so many movies that we all have on our list, we all think are classic. And, and she and Tom Hanks just have that incredible chemistry together. It's, you know, it's not, it, it's weird, it's not really a sexual chemistry, but it's definitely a, you can see them being in love and they have this great, um, comedy energy between them, and so they would definitely be my all-time pick. That's a that's a great choice, and they've made several movies together, isn't that correct? They've made uh, Sleepless in Seattle. You uh, got me. Joe and Joe and the Volcano was that Meg Ryan? Mm-hmm. In that. That and, and you've got Mail uh, also. Oh. More recent. Mm-hmm. Right, and and they do they just they do go very well together. Well, what about you, Diana? Any any uh, favorite romantic couples on screen? Well, I would have to go along with Jazz and say that um, uh, Bogey and Bergman in Casablanca have to be up there at the top. Um, I also liked Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman in Notorious. I think they were very put, well put together in that. Um, I was a great fan of Deborah Winger and Richard Gere, an officer and a gentleman. And I liked Sam and Molly and Ghost. I think if there were two stars that you would never figure out could actually get a chemistry going together, and I think they achieved that. Oh, they did, absolutely. And and uh, for me, I, of course, I'm uh, going back farther uh, to Glenn Ford and Rita Hayworth, to me, they sizzled on screen more than any other couple, especially in the movie Gilda. They had that push-pull, sort of hate-love kind of relationship going that was just so fascinating. And, of course, I do love the chemistry, as I already mentioned, between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore in the two films they made together. But you know what? No couple, to me, was more believably in love than Spencer Tracy and Katherine Hepburn in their films as co-stars, except maybe Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Um, yeah. You, know, you actually believed you believed. Oh, she that. stole one of mine already because Bogey and Bacall was my old one, and I wanted to have an old and a new for the best couple. And Kevin Costner and Renee Russo were my my new couple that I thought 
were up there, and they've done several films together. Tin Cup. Uh, yes, Tin a Cup. Oh, they were great in that. It's a great love story. But Bogey and Bacall is probably my all-time favorite pairing. I'm, I'm not surprised at that. And, but I have to say, though, that uh, Antonio Banderas has exceptional chemistry with all his co-stars. <laughs> Oh, it's I true. To, he does, no matter no matter who who he is with. He's he's really great. Well, what about romantic scenes? What's your favorite romantic scene in a in a love story, Kimberly? You know, I really love the end of uh, Bridget Jones's Diary, um, which again is kind of one of those chick flicks that isn't necessarily a love story. There's a lot of other things going on there, but I love the scene at the end where she's uh, Renee Zellweger is running through the streets of London in her underwear and coat to to catch up with Colin Firth, and uh, it's snowing. There's just a lot of very funny things going on, but it's a really sweet ending, and it's the person that you you know you want her to be with in the end, and and they get together in a in a very funny but but great way. That's a great scene. And what about you, Diana? I'm going to throw one in here. The canines, Lady in the <laughs> Tramp, the spaghetti. Could we ever have spaghetti again in our life without hearing that music and watching those two dogs eat that spaghetti? <laughs> That's a good one, yes. <laughs> that does stick in our mind. That is, that is great. What, Jazz, what about your favorite romantic scene in a movie? Well, everybody's going to hate me because I am so boring, but I, I'm going to have to go back to my standby. I, I think the scene at the plane with two crazy kids in this mixed-up world, I think uh, Bogey and Bergman at the end of Casablanca where he's giving up the one true love of his life to send her off on the plane uh, with Victor is it, it's probably the most heart-wrenching moment ever put on film, and I think that was the greatest scene. Oh, it was it was memorable, definitely memorable. And, you know, I just can't help uh, picking a couple of scenes from musicals because I am the avid, the most avid movie musical on, fan on the planet. I will pick Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman singing every love song they can possibly fit into about 15 minutes on top of this huge elephant prop in Moulin Rouge. They just, I mean, I, they looked like they were, were desperately in love and that they meant every lyric that they were singing, and I, I just, that, that just sticks in my mind. Also, John Travolta and Christopher Walken in Hairspray. Now, of course, John Travolta was in this huge fat suit and was playing a woman and, uh, who was married to Christopher Walken's character, and when they did a number called Timeless to Me, I forgot that that was John Travolta and Christopher Walken and was so moved by by the love that they showed to each other in that in that particular musical number but I also like the pedicure scene from Bull Durham between um where Kevin Costner was painting Susan Sarandon's toenails <laughs> but I have to agree about uh Oh that's uh, a good one Betty Joe that's from Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah Stumble Durham. Yeah. <laughs> and that was an all-round good movie. Do we? I think we have time also. Uh, when we were picking the the best uh, love stories on film, I forgot to ask. Well, then, what are the worst love stories on film? Do you want to start with that, Kim? You know, I don't really have a worst specific movie. For me, I I kind of um, and I know a lot of people love her, but I kind of avoid anything with Kate Hudson. Um, just. It never it never works for me. Whoever she's with, uh, even Matthew McConaughey, it just never works for me. So, 
just pretty much anything with her I'll, I'll tend to avoid. Oh, and she does appear often with uh, Matthew McConaughey, so I mm-hmm. would avoid them too. <laughs> what about you, Diana? Do you have some worst love stories on film? I do, and these are mostly recent ones. Um, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock in the lake house. There was more chemistry between that water and the lake than there was those two. (laughs) It's Um, on my list, too. (laughs) Steve Martin and Claire Danes and Shop Girl. I'm sorry, I felt like he was her father. And uh, the newest one is Owen Wilson and Jennifer Aniston and Marley and Me. I mean, the story worked about the dog, but there was no chemistry between them. Absolutely not. I mean, there was chemistry between them and the dog, but mm-hmm. <laughs> between the two of two of them together. And I felt uh, like they were reading their lines the whole time. I know. Uh, I, you almost yeah. see their lips moving as they read the uh, the, the prompter. Yes. <laughs> right. How How about you, Jazz? Do you have some worst <laughs> film? Yeah, I had two for that, and I um, once again, I'm sure nobody will like them. Uh, one of them was The War of the Roses, uh, Michael Douglas with the scene on the chandelier at the end of the film as they're about to crash to their death, which I, I, totally I thought was agree. just kind of a love story, but it just was so horrible at, at the end of it that it, it was just cringeworthy. And the other one, uh, I everybody always hates it when I bring this movie up, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time, but one of the worst love stories ever was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show between Riff Raff and his sister Magenta which was a love story, but holy cow, that was disturbing. It was, yes. I, I remember I remember that. Well, and Nikki, do you have some uh, picks for the worst love stories on film? I do, and I'm going to read some from the chat room, too. Great. So, yeah, for me, I would have to say Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just saying you could technically say that it I'm was... going to agree with that one, yeah. Okay. Right. I I'm really agree too. by the way on um, War of the Roses, and the chat room is in total agreement. And Sunny says that the worst was Brokeback Mountain. Okay. Oh, that's... See, I was wondering, I was going to ask earlier, why did none of us pick that as one of the better ones? You know, is that some sort of a... Social commentary, that's probably a subject I don't think show. so. I no, don't think so, because I love social media, but I'm just saying. It, it was, was a love but they're saying it was one of the worst in the chat room. Well, it, it certainly was uh, beautifully told, but the but it was uh, a pretty long, drawn-out story, I thought, and... Uh, but it was a beautifully told love story. That that's right. That probably should have made some somebody's list. So, any others that uh, are mentioned in the chat? Let me scroll up because you know it goes by so fast. I know. Um, well, while you're no, doing I that, while you're doing that, I will give a couple of mine. And I was uh, absolutely you. bored, silly in Nights in Rodanti with uh, Richard Gere and Diane Lane, and they looked great together, but th- but the story just didn't work at all. I hope that they put those two together in a much better love story than, than that one was. And New in Town, which just opened up about a week ago with Renee Zellweger and Harry uh, Connick, Jr., it was, uh, it was just... Uh, the whole film was as cold as the Minnesota winter that they depicted, and uh, here you have two great actors in a in a uh, movie that's just filled with with drivel and very very hard to believe. Poor Renee Zellweger had to play a very very unpleasant character. I agree with 
with uh, Diana about Lake Lake House. What what a far fetched love story. Again, very 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 slow. License to Wed. John Krasinski and Mandy Moore had zero chemistry in that particular movie, <laughs> and uh, they were forced to go through. Uh, I mean, to read lines from a script that no one should ever be forced to do. And then over her dead body, there was no chemistry between Lake Bell and Paul Rudd, and I don't know why the filmmakers didn't see that and just scratch the whole thing before they let it uh, <laughs> let it go past the first couple of pages. So We had another great suggestion come in, by the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my favorite films, by the way, but one of the horrible love stories buried into it being John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was... Just such a disturbing love story. I have to agree. Yes, that that really was. And we did we talk about the uh, the worst couples on uh, in romantic films? I think that uh, Kim, you did mention that you couldn't. Uh, you just kind of steered clear of Kate Kate Hudson. And I mentioned that Matthew McConaughey uh, paired with anyone did did not appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, were there any romantic couples that uh, you'd like to put on the worst list, Jazz? Anything with Marilyn Monroe. Any Anything Ooh. that she was in. I thought, uh, I, I realize it's not a popular opinion. She was a beautiful woman. I thought she was a terrible actress, and she was very shallow. And the the, the films we saw her in where she was the love interest, I never believed it. I, I, I thought she was just terrible as playing a love interest person is part of a love story. She could do action, she could do pretty girl, she could do model, but she was never believable to me as somebody who was really in love with someone. So pick any one of her films. I thought she had great chemistry with Eve Montan in the um, musical that they they did together, and I've forgotten Love Me or... Um, I can't remember the name of that. I'm going to have to check it out. But I think that... The attention was so much on her, it was almost like it was a Mae West movie. And, of course, there wasn't too much chemistry between Mae West and her co-stars because everything was just, you know, it was all Mae West, and and that was what was zeroed in on her personality. Climb up and see me sometime. Exactly. So that's kind of a comparison that maybe maybe you would uh, would make. Certainly. well, folks, I really enjoyed that uh, spirited, but I think kind of controversial discussion, and I, I hope you did too. However, I can't believe I forgot to mention one of cinema's all-time most romantic couples, Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whiting as Romeo and Juliet in Zeffirelli's beautiful 1968 film. In fact, Olivia and Leonard still have fans all over the world because of those wonderful performances. But our time is almost up, so I want to remind everyone about the book giveaway again. If you want to participate just uh, uh, for in this drawing for a copy of the ebook version of It Had to Be Us, just send an email to realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K at comcast.net. Put book drawing in the subject area and send it in by May 31st. I want to thank Kimberly, Diana, Jazz, and Nikki for their entertaining comments about love stories on film. And I especially want to thank Comedy Concepts. Um, That's Nancy Lombardo, the very funny host of Comedy Concepts here on Blog Talk Radio, for being in our chat room the entire session today. Uh, Please listen to her shows on Friday morning and Monday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time right here on Blog Talk Radio. That's all for now, folks. 
In keeping with today's topic, here's Brian Ferry to take us out with one of the best movie love songs ever. It's from Casablanca, which you now know is Jazz Shaw's all-time favorite film. Remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers move They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man, and man must have his name that no one can deny. It's still the same old story, a fight for love and glory, a case of do or die. The world will always welcome lovers as time. It's still the same old story I fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time